Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, some serious changes are being made at the U.S. southern border. What do they really mean? There are a number of current and impending changes in our border policy. Today in this podcast, we'll get an explanation of and a take on all of that from Congressman Henry Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas who's on top of all things border-related. He's been lobbying the Biden administration for tougher policies to try to address the record illegal immigration and all of the problems that that brings. Before you hear the interview, there's something that you should know. There is something called Title 42, which he'll refer to in the interview, that is soon to be lifted. Title 42 was a policy installed under President Trump, very effectively used to stem the tide of illegal immigration by reason of public health emergency. Title 42 allowed border agents to turn back illegal border crossers at the border without processing for reasons of the COVID health emergency. Once word got out that people would be paying smugglers thousands of dollars and not even get into the U.S., the illegal traffic declined dramatically. President Trump invoked Title 42 in March of 2020, along with something called Migrant Protection Protocols, forcing those seeking asylum to wait in Mexico, not the U.S., and those policies, boy, they had a dramatic impact. By May of 2020, just a couple months later, 90% of illegal immigrants caught at the border were being expelled. And the number intercepted dropped from about a million in 2019 to roughly half that in 2020. But there was a radical shift under President Biden. Officials say they quit using Title 42 as often to turn back people by reason of the COVID health emergency. And Biden announced he wanted to lift Title 42 even as he maintained at the same time that the U.S. should still be under an emergency health order because of COVID, seemed completely inconsistent. Meantime, some Republicans were fighting to keep those Title 42 procedures in place as a tool to turn back illegal immigrants, and the fight was headed to the Supreme Court. But fast forward, now President Biden agrees that the pandemic emergency is coming to an end, and so Title 42 will go away without the Supreme Court weighing in on it. So that's a little bit of background that helps you, as you hear now from Congressman Henry Cuellar. I wanted to catch up with you just to see, you know, in some sense, it almost seems like some things may be changing upon the border. President Biden made a trip down there, so that was one big difference. What is the status there today, and what do you see in this landscape? Well, first of all, I'm glad that the president went down to the border uh, because the leader has to show up, and I'm glad that he went down there. Uh, and then a few days before he went down to the border, the secretary and the president announced a new policy, which is something that I support. Uh, basically, what they're saying is if somebody's going to be asking for asylum, they got to do it the right way, orderly way, which means... Uh, you go through a port of entry. If you come between a port of entry, then you will be returned. And, of course, the big question has been what happens to Title 42. And uh, Title 42, if you can explain, allowed the government to do what? Uh, to expel, not to deport, but to expel people. That means they would get them, and because of a health reason under the law, they the pandemic, they would expel people, which is different from deportation. Deportation is a different process, which we call 
Title Eight. So you got Title 42, Title Eight. And I know that the advocates, immigration advocates, don't like Title 42. But actually, Title Eight uh, has more of a bearing if they're interested in helping out the asylum seekers, because under Title 42, you expel and they can come right back. Under Title Eight, when you deport somebody, then you have a law that comes in where you can bar somebody for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or lifetime barment, if depending on the facts. Uh, so that is probably where we're going to end up the way it was uh, before President Trump got there. And, you know, President Obama used Title Eight, which is a deportation and not a expelling somebody because of a health issue. Now, Title Eight has worked because keep in mind, President Obama, Secretary Jay Johnson uh, for Homeland, uh, used Title Eight. They just added a, a process, expedited process, which means you still give the people their day in court, but at the same time, you remove people quickly. Not as quick as a Title 42, but under Title Eight, you can move them pretty quickly if you so desire to do that. Do you have any thoughts as to why, after the new year, President Biden decided to make a trip to the border after facing two years of criticism? You know, uh, I'm sure that he was getting advice from some people at the White House uh, that he didn't have to do that. Uh, and I say that because I, I talked to a lot of the folks at the White House and without due respect, uh, you know, they're immigration activists, people, attorneys that have done this immigration work. So what they're seeing at the border is probably OK. It's a OK mindset for them. Uh, but if you talk to the career homeland security men and women, then they certainly have a different uh, perspective. So. Uh, I think what the president's doing now, uh, I don't have to say that it's probably due because of the election, but you see him shifting over to the middle by taking this type of going to the border and the policy. That policy, if you look at some of the numbers that have come out, the numbers have gone down for those four groups of people that he is applying this new policy. My perspective, what I told the secretary uh, when they first started off, was that they should apply that to everybody. And if they apply that to everybody, I promise you that the numbers are going to uh, really slow down. What is the status today at the border compared to what we saw six months, a year ago? Well, let's look at the last two years. The last two years have been historic numbers. You look at the first year under Biden, the second year uh, under Biden, and you're talking about over 4 million individuals in just two years, just two years. And that doesn't include the getaways, which are the ones that uh, get away. You know, there's some people that show up uh, and want to turn themselves in. And there's some people for various reasons uh, want to escape and, and evade Border Patrol. So you're talking about historic numbers. Now, when they have applied this policy, that is provide an incentive for people to do it, follow the right path, which is a orderly process through a port of entry and a disincentive if they go between ports of entry, then that type of policy will work. It will work because we've seen it when they have applied it to a couple of the countries, Cuba, uh, uh, Haiti, and, and, and those countries. They have gone down. Venezuela numbers have gone down. Uh, I told the secretary uh, when he first announced this, before he announced it, that he should apply to every country. That is, tell people, follow the orderly pathway the right way, and you can get your day in court. Or if you don't, if you come in between courts of, uh, ports of entry, 
then we will go ahead and return you. What are the odds you think they will expand it? Well, they went from one country to four countries. So I'm hoping that if they see this success, that they will apply this. I, I know this would happen uh, because people, look, if you're going to pay an average of six, $8,000 a head, and if you to come a to a smuggler the, to get to, you across. Yeah, to a coyote, to a smuggler. If they come in and they see a speed bump, that is, they slap them, give them a notice up here or, or whatever, or go to ICE instead of an immigration court, then they're going to come in because it's a speed bump. But if they see that there are consequences and they could be returned, then that $8,000 or whatever they pay might be something they might want to think about it because they might not be worth coming in. Right now, it's just a speed bump in many ways, so it's worth spending $8,000. Suffice it to say, we are not guarding our border. We are a massive processing organization for primarily illegal border crossers who are circumventing the orderly legal process that's been established. It's costing trillions of dollars for us to pay federal agents to be processors and social workers, to transport, to care for the people, to school them, to pay for the crimes, as I've reported on. It is true that many thousands of uh, the people who come here illegally are rapists, murderers, people who get in all kinds of trouble here and people who have been convicted of crimes prior to coming here. That's true. It's not the myth that some people would have you think that it is. Maybe you remembered in a previous report, I talked about how disproportionately high the number of prison and jail inmates is when you're looking at illegal border crossers compared to the general population in the United States. Some have reported that's a myth or it's false, but the government's own figures clearly show this time and again. And I've reported on that with the citations for it. Add to that the cost of the medical care, all kinds of things that we're paying for. All the while, we are continuing to send cash and other foreign aid to the countries at issue that are failing to stem the tide. And we are making the cartels and the human traffickers the richest they've ever been by facilitating their business at our expense, even providing the final leg of transportation for the people being smuggled in. We take them to the city or the state of their choice, all while record drugs are entering the U.S., while there are record U.S. fentanyl deaths directly related to the border problem and no seeming recognition by many in charge on how all of that figures together. After a break, I have some statistics for you, the latest figures coming from the border. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of cool products. A lot of them make great gifts that feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab. We're back, and I wanted to read you the latest numbers that have come from Customs and Border Protection. They put out these releases, their monthly operational updates. 
You can find these things yourself pretty easily by searching under Customs and Border Protection, Border Figures, Border Update, something like that should bring this up. But the latest numbers are for February 2023. These were released in mid-March. Gives you some idea of the problem. U.S. Border Patrol encounters of individuals who entered the country between ports of entry, that means illegally, at the southwestern border in February 2023 totaled 128,877, approximately equal to the number of encounters in January. And Border Patrol says this marks the second month in a row as the lowest month of Border Patrol encounters since February of 21. I guess that sounds kind of good and promising, but not really when you dig into the numbers because this news information release goes on to say in February, there were 39,206 repeat encounters. 25%, in other words, were people who have done the same thing before. 94,124 unique encounters on the Southwest border. Now here's where it starts to sound a little worse. The total encounters for February now, counting the people who came in at a port of entry, were 212,266. That is up 2% from January. Among that group, Customs and Border Protection says two-thirds were single adults. That's slightly up over January. And now that you know what Title 42 and Title 8 are, This report says 72,591 encounters, about half of the total, were processed for expulsion under Title 42. 82,407 encounters, more of them, were processed under Title 8, which means they probably stayed. You may hear sometimes about unaccompanied children. These are children without a guardian or parent. They may be with somebody who is not believed to be a parent. And sometimes, as you know, these children are rented out and exploited because the people they are with sometimes get to stay more easily if they come with kids. But encounters of unaccompanied children increased 16% with 9,300 encounters in January, but 10,800 in February. In February, says the report, the average number of unaccompanied children in Customs and Border Protection custody was 438 per day. Think about that. They're social workers. The money, the cost, the responsibility of that, 438 per day compared with an average of 332 per day in January. Kind of rattling off these numbers as if they're nothing, but these are huge. We're talking about millions and millions of people coming into the U.S. illegally and being allowed to stay in many cases. And I don't think anybody's even talking about a way to ever dial that back. So each day that goes on where this is still continuing, these are permanent changes being made, permanent costs to the United States. These are big numbers. So during February, this report says 22,755 Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans, including immediate family members, were paroled into the country, into the U.S., by Customs and Border Protection Office of Field Operations through what they call the parole processes established for Venezuelans in October. This is what Congressman Cuellar was talking about, and expanded to the additional nationalities in January. Arrivals of these non-citizens via these specially established processes, according to this report, includes careful vetting 
and requires a supporter present in the United States. Again, more incentive to come here because then the people who come here illegally but stay can often get family members and others here into the U.S. But Customs and Border Protection says this is a testament to the benefit of these lawful processes that they have established in promoting safe and orderly migration while reducing illegal encounters along the southwest border. My comment on that, there is a legal process that was already set up that these people have been allowed to jump to the front of the line to get in ahead of the people that have gone through the proper processes. And almost as I see it in a blackmail sense, we are admitting many more of them legally, putting them at the front of the line where they really didn't belong in order to keep them from coming in such numbers illegally. And then when they do come through this new process, we pat ourselves on the back and say, look, they're coming legally now, but it's really six of one, half dozen of another. Though I guess the other side could argue that at least there is more of a process of checks and balances with the people coming in through this new process, having to supposedly have some kind of sponsor here and go through some background checks. However you look at it, it is one big mess. And we continue to cover this on my TV program, Full Measure. You can watch Sunday, March 19th, 2023. To find out how to watch on a TV station in your area, go to CherylAckison.com and click the Full Measure tab. I have a full station list. But also, if you miss it, don't worry. Just go to FullMeasure.news anytime. We post all the segments in the entire program there, usually by noon on Sundays, noon Eastern time. We try to always have a lot of good, factual, fair reporting on topics you care about that matter to you that you may not see too many other places today. Eyeshadow has come a long way since you swiped on one color at a time or practically had to take a master class in cosmetics to get the shading right. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid, and I've designed an exclusive shade-shifting multi-chrome pigment for eyes that's like no other you'll ever see. Just swipe it on your eyelids and the magic happens. Depending on the angle and light, it shifts between hues of gold and pink, or green and pink, and even purple and gold. The shading is done for you. Just $25 for a jar that will last you months. My website is store.lemonademermaid.life. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off these incredible pigments by using the checkout code PODCAST. I hope to see you at store.lemonademermaid.life today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, you'll leave a great review and share it with your friends. And check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, for more original reporting and interviews on off-narrative topics that powerful interests often try to censor. It's never been more important to support independent reporting. You can do that by going to the CherylAckison.com website, click the Store tab, and browse our great products The most popular new slogan that I have on products there is, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All the old ones came true. Proceeds support causes like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards, giving cash awards recognizing and encouraging independent off-narrative reporting by college students and professionals. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.